Hey, Thrive friends, would you take your Bible and open to Romans 12? Tonight begins three weeks on the will of God and the ways of God. Tonight we begin with God's will and our calling and our purpose, and we start in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And then this from Philippians 3.12, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Those very words from Philippians 3 made all the difference in my understanding of my calling uh, spring semester of my senior year. Uh, in a season of seeking and searching for what God's will and calling was for my life, I came face to face with this take hold image in Philippians 3.12. And I came to understand with uh, a whole lot of support from Linda and a bit of wisdom from my mother, I came to understand that, um, that a call was there for me to take hold of. And I did, I took hold of that for which I knew Jesus had taken hold of me. That's the question of the night. What has taken hold of you that you need to take hold of? What has Jesus taken hold of you for? Uh, that you need to take hold of. What should I do with my life? Or maybe the better question is, what should my life do with me? Now, your answer to that question can be a, a youth-centered answer, but if you're living life as an apprentice to Jesus, then it's probably a really good idea to answer that question in a God-centered way. Now, let's be clear about something here at the start. Calling is for everyone. It's not just for people who are in ministry. All Christians are called to make the most of their lives for the sake of the kingdom of God. All Christians are called. Yes, God calls some to do the work of ministry. And if God is leading you toward ministry, come on in. Would so love to talk with you about that. Um, and yes, God calls all apprentices to serve. Do you know that every major, every degree that you can get at Mississippi State is a way to live out a call of God? Now, this idea of calling is a partnership between God's will um, and, and our will. Because God has a will, that means that it's not all up to me alone to figure out what to do with my life. No big surprise that God, our Creator, has helpful input and really good intentions for what we do with our lives. Romans 12, 2 says it this way, describes God's will with these words, good, pleasing, perfect. And an old friend once said, God's will is exactly what you would choose if you knew everything that he knows. Understanding calling is about God's will for you, but it's also about your will because you have a will, because you have a will, you play a crucial role in responding to God's callings so that your calling then becomes this beautiful partnership between God's will and your will. Let me give you four dimensions that I think are helpful, four dimensions of God's will to help us understand what to do with our lives. 
Uh, first, you might understand a foundational dimension of God's will in which we understand that we, like Paul, are, are set apart for the gospel. That's from Romans 1.1. Now, the details of your life and mine are different from Paul's, but the big idea is the same, that we are set apart for the gospel. The foundation of God's will for you is to experience and to express the gospel. A second dimension of God's will we might call the vocational dimension of God's will, meaning that God has something to say about how you spend the next 50 years of your life or more. And for me, that was expressed in the words of Paul in Philippians 3, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Maybe there's something for you to take hold of vocationally. There's a, a situational dimension of God's will in which Jesus might say, hey, I know you're called to be a, a techno-scientist engineer, but right now what I really need is somebody to change a tire. Or as Jesus said to his 12 apprentices when they were dealing with a hungry crowd, you give them something to eat. From Mark 6, 37. Because when Jesus sees a need, the next thing he looks for is a partner to help him meet the need. When Jesus sees a need, the next thing he looks for is a partner to help him meet the need. And then the fourth dimension, there's this uh, essential daily dimension of God's will that's expressed by Jesus in the words of Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom. And in this way, we can live continually daily in God's will. See, God's will and our calling, it's not about cracking the code and unencrypting the one thing that you're supposed to do with your life. It's more like opening the floodgates and allowing your life to be overfilled with God's good intentions. Let me give you three observations of, the, of a broad pattern in the Bible and throughout church history of God calling people like us. The broad pattern goes like this. First, God sees a need. Second, God chooses to use people who know his heart of compassion for that need. And then three, God infuses those people with more ability to meet those needs than they ever saw in themselves. Here's the bottom line. A called Christian has the resources of a calling God. A called Christian has all the resources of a calling God. Are you beginning to sense some need that God would like your help in meeting? Let's expand our understanding of calling a little. Author Jerry Sitzer defines calling this way. A calling is a specific vision of how God wants to use your time, energy, and abilities to serve Him in the world. Good stuff. Calling could also be defined with these six words ought to, want to, and can do. Ought to, want to, and can do. Um, so maybe there's something that you feel like that you ought to do. And maybe you even want to do the thing that you trust that with God's strength you can do. Ought to, want to, can do. And writer, blogger, speaker Annie Downs has the idea that you're calling is your life's thesis statement. It's the one big idea that everything else points toward. Uh, Katie Hogan told me that she was teaching thesis statement to her 10th grade English students, and she used the image of, of the, the sun with the planets orbiting around. The sun is the thesis statement, and the orbiting planets are the support 
material. And so it is with our calling that, that our calling is that centerpiece that orients the rest of your life. It's that center point around which everything else orbits. And I love this classic definition of calling from Frederick Beekner. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meets. Now, draw a, a Venn diagram in your mind, would you? Uh, your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger. Your deep gladness, what do you wanna do? What are you gifted to do? What makes you feel alive when you do it? What are you confident to do? Your deep gladness. On the other side, what's the world's deep hunger? What needs to be done? Where is the world aching and groaning? And then find the overlap, find the intersection between your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger. What, is, what does your life have to meet, have to offer to the needs of the world? What needs in the world can your life meet? Your thesis statement is probably in the overlap between your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger. Your calling is located somewhere in that intersection of your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger. Now, you don't have to figure it all out tonight. You don't have to figure it all out tonight. But is there a step that you might take tonight to step closer to embracing a thing God is calling you to? Jerry Sitzer has six signs to help clarify your calling. One, your deepest motivation. What captivates you? What energizes you? What are you inspired to do even if it's sacrificial? Two, talent. The spiritual gifts and talents that you have in your life already say a lot about your calling. Hey, and by the way, a lesson from the feeding of, of the 5,000 is that Jesus can do a whole lot with your little lunch. Give it to him. Give it to him. Third, life experience. Sometimes things that happen to us uh, propel us toward a calling. Pay attention to that. Fourth, the guidance of open doors and closed doors. But remember that a closed door isn't a dead end and an open door isn't the end of the road. Fifth, the voice of people. Your faith community can help you with your calling. Your church, your family, your friends. Ask the people who know you best what they think your calling is. And then sixth, joyful service. To be sure, living out your calling isn't always easy. And there's some days when it's not um, super happy but there's an overarching sense of gladness and joy that we find in doing the thing that God has called us to do. And that may turn out to be the most reliable sign of all. One final thought. What if I feel unworthy to be called by God to do something, to be called by God to do anything? What if I feel unworthy? Well, then I'd say you're in really good company because Abraham, Moses, Gideon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, so many of the big figures of the Bible, their responses to God's call all started with the word but, an excuse, a reason not to. Some had obedience issues, some had fear, some had doubts, some had past failures. 
Friend, don't assume that your failures or inadequacies disqualify you from being called by God because they don't. It may just be that, that your excuses reveal your genuine calling. It may be that your doubts and your fears uncover something that God would use in a great big way. Remember, God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. So Thrive Friends, tonight could be a moment for you to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of you. God's will, God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let it be. May it be.